0: This is Mike Gallo. I'm a division chief of the Lake Forest Fire Department, and you are listening to The Lake Forest Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with my co-host, Scoo Walker, we all live in Lake Forest. Scoo, we got a sponsor for the show, Neuro Noodle. Get a doodle of your noodle. Now that we're starting to get back into live sports, your kids get a physical, right? Well, they should also get a brain map so you have a baseline to compare it to to help determine if the, your kids should get back on the field. Neuronoodle.com. Okay. One of the goals of the podcast is to educate our listeners to the goings on in Lake Forest. And today we're joined by Mike Gallo, Division Chief, Lake Forest Fire Department. Let's chat with Mike and see what's the latest with the boys in red. Mike, thank you for your service and thank you for coming on the show.
0: It is my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Oh, this is going to be awesome. We had uh, the Craig Lebkowski commander come on the show a while ago, and he suggested that we reach out to you. And he said to mention something about Lazy Boy Recliners. Your thoughts, Mike?
0: Oh, I think those guys are just jealous. You know, every time we see them, we say, you guys got in the wrong line. You've got your public safety lines. You've got the police officer line. You've got the firefighter line. And those that are paying attention get in the line for firefighters. So you're always liked, right? Everybody always loves a firefighter. People really only like the police when they need them, but Uh, I just here in Lake Forest, the the community is wonderful. But uh, yeah, on some of those days where we're relaxing, maybe it's been a busy day and they come through and they're still on the road and they see us relaxing in the chairs uh, after having a meal. Yeah, they'll make a couple of comments about (laughs) us. But we say you had the same shot we did. We just picked the right line. That's all.
1: So Mike, it's 90 degrees today. How many pounds of equipment you got to go out on a call? Uh, What are you putting on, man?
0: We've actually been running this morning already. Uh, We had we assisted Lake Bluff on an oven fire. Uh, We've had a couple of ambulance calls, but our turnout gear already. Now, we try to be smart on days like today. So if a call comes in as a fire alarm, it's not a confirmed fire. The guys will put their bunker pants on, which have their boots as well, will get to the scene. Uh, But once you're going inside, they're going to need to put their coat on, Their helmets, you got about 25, 30 pounds of gear there. And then if there's any hints of an issue going on, oxygen deficient atmosphere or smoke in the building, they've got to put their SCBA on, self-contained breathing apparatus. So that's another 30 pounds. We talk to the uh, preschoolers and we show them all our gear. We tell them, this is like wearing one of you guys on our back. Then you got to grab a couple of tools because you're not necessarily going to go in with just your bare hands. So maybe grab an ax or a toolbox or an extinguisher so now you're 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 wearing 60 pounds worth of gear, you're carrying another 10 pounds, and then if you've got to go up a flight of stairs or two, you can absolutely be working your tail off. So Gosh, dang, that's man. There we go.
1: How many alarms is that, Mike?
0: That's just one. Go. That's a now they're checking a hazard right now. And I can sure mute that if you want, but that's just kind of no, the, no, the no. this
1: is this is this is the, the show, man. This is real that's life. Right.
0: That's exactly it. And that's what I love about being a firefighter is any time of day or night, you could be called into action. Uh, I'm working on days, we call it. I work Monday through Friday, seven to three 30, but the boys were just out boys and gals were just out running. So I am still a yeah. certified firefighter paramedic. So I go out there. I was covering for the battalion chief while he was gone, but every day is different. And that's just what I love about this job. So
1: God, thank God for you guys, man, because I'm a wimp. I'm not speaking no. for school, but I run into a burning uh, building or uh, chase somebody with a gun. I mean, I don't know. Blue or red, man. Thank God for you guys. And then our military, man. That's, that's, that's what I say. Anybody that's for first responders and our small businesses, I, I am for. And thank God for you guys. So, so Mike, how long you been working there? Are you from the area? How when'd you start here? Give us a background on you.
0: Yeah, August of ninety four I started. So I'm uh, next month I'm wrapping up my twenty seventh year, which is absolutely incredible. I am the most senior firefighter with the department. Um, so it's it's crazy for me to think that when I walked in here, all of the people have now retired and moved on. But I absolutely love the department. I love the city. I love being a part of a team like this and just trying to help. People have better days. Uh, I grew up in the Schaumburg area, so northwest suburbs. I met my wife at uh, in Decal at NIU, and she was kind of from Watts, where she was up in Lake County. So we mm-hmm. moved up this way. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm from originally. My dad was a firefighter in Schaumburg, that's so why I kind of got it in my blood. Um, so growing up, I just would hang out. and kind of refer to ourselves as fire department brats. Uh, not quite the moving from military base to military base, but. Maybe you yeah. got used to not celebrating Thanksgiving or Christmas on Thanksgiving or Christmas. And it didn't really matter as long as you guys were together. Again, we're all here every day. Somebody's at the station 24-7. Um, so that kind of got me um, into it. Um, unfortunately, uh, my dad was uh, he was a Schaumburg firefighter. He was actually killed in the line of duty in 1977. So, oh, um, man. yeah, that was something. But it always kind of... It stayed with me. And actually, as I got older, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was so proud of my dad. Um, Schomburg Fire Department took great care of uh, us, my family. And so we were OK. We were not on hard times other than you know losing our, our, our father. But I always kind of played with the idea of doing what he did. And it was actually my mom. And people were surprised with that. But my mom, when I was just not sure what I wanted to do, said, well, why don't you look into firefighting? So I took a couple of tests. And Lake Forest was the second one I took. Uh, and I ended up like number nine on the list. And I eventually got hired.
1: How many are in the house there? We,
0: we have 34 full-time firefighters. So we've got four day staff, we call it. We've got uh, Jamie's our administrative assistant, Fire Chief Pete Siebert, Deputy Chief Kevin Cronin, and then myself. So we work Monday through Friday, 7 to 3.30. And then we have 30 full-time firefighters. So we've got three shifts of 10. Uh, and on that shift of 10, we've got a battalion chief who oversees it. Two lieutenants, because we've got two stations, we like to have a lieutenant at each station, and then seven firefighters. Uh, So those 10, we can have two off on a given day for uh, holidays or vacations. We run with a minimum of eight, five at our station one on Deer Path, and three at our station two uh, uh, on Telegraph. Um, So that's kind of how we work. And then if we start running thin like today, we can call back. All the guys carry off-duty pagers, or we can alert them on our phones. They can come in off-duty. We utilize uh, automatic aid from other communities like Lake Bluff had an oven fire. They called for help from Lake Forest. We'll send a rig there. And then likewise, if we have a big incident here, we can request help from neighboring departments and they come help us. So it works out really well.
1: And you're you're on call 24 hours a day, right? You really can't go out boozing or partying, right? I mean, you're... Since 94, I mean, you've been straight as an arrow, right? (laughs)
0: That's exactly (laughs) right. Exactly. Uh, We try to communicate and stuff. And obviously the guys, um, uh, if they can, like when the guys are off duty, they carry the pages. And obviously it's common sense, especially now that if you have had a drink, stay home, we'll be okay. Uh, But if you are in the area and can come help, please do. And then the three of us chiefs try to coordinate as well. So if somebody's going out for dinner and drinks, the other uh, couple of us will try to stay available. So if something does happen, We'd like to have a Lake Forest chief available, whether it is a Lake Forest call or sometimes other communities call for um, other chiefs just to help coordinate their big incidents.
1: So you've been there since 94. And I don't want to dig up old stuff, but I mean, 2001, man, how'd that affect you guys? Like, I mean, you're six, seven years into it.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And every year I get asked to uh, go back. My kids went to a school a little bit north of here. And I still, even though the kids aren't there anymore, they asked me to come in and be part of a 9-11 panel. And uh, honestly, it just brought me back to being a kid and losing my dad again and just realizing how many, and obviously not just the uh, rescue, fire, and police, but obviously 3,000 people perished that day. So it just kind of brought back those memories. We got the proverbial knock on the door, you know, here you are, I've got two brothers and life is perfect. As far as I know it, I'm 11 and all of a sudden they're just upending my world. So I guess I just kind of thought about that. These families that obviously are watching this unfold, but are going to get the worst news possible. And again, I don't think anybody realized that at the time as they're going in, these buildings are, are eventually coming down, but just heartbreaking. And, you know, yeah. you just try to remember what you're trained for. We go in as teams and, but just heartbreaking. But my, my thoughts went to those families that uh, their lives are never going to be the same again.
1: And then Florida, that condo collapse, crazy. Like what? That's a search and rescue? Like, have you ever had to do anything like that or somebody?
0: Yeah, I I have. Yeah, not to that extent. We do have guys trained in specialized rescue, technical rescue. Um, So, while all 34 of us are trained as firefighters and paramedics, we do have specialty teams. Lake County, McHenry County have specialty teams. We've got three folks dedicated to the dive team, three folks dedicated to sonar, high angle, uh, trench, hazardous material, things like that. So if that were closer to us, we would be deploying our guys for that. Now, there are ample jobs. Of course, you never have enough people, but the technical guys would be the ones in there shoring up whatever part of the building they can. the last thing you want to do now is while you're looking for rescuers is create more of a hazard or create more victims by bringing walls down. So they'd be doing that. And then you could have people like me just kind of helping coordinate And it's little stuff that you don't even think about. You've got all those rescuers. You're probably working 24 hours a day, probably two 12-hour cycles. Now these folks have to eat, right? They have to go to the bathroom. They have to sleep. Somebody's got to coordinate all that stuff. So we have a logistics section set up and a planning section that kind of runs all of that stuff because you don't think about people needing to eat until you're there and people are starving. Uh, and that's quite an effort, but uh, I, I can't even imagine what they're going through down there in Florida.
1: I'm only here three years, and uh, Scoo's been here 57, and we're the, this. Cl- I've never been this close to the water. Okay, I, I'm sure you get more problems with the water than the fire. Is that possible?
0: Yeah, it is. And actually, um, we've had uh, some incidents uh, recently requiring that we've had, unfortunately, had some drownings out there. So. We used to have a little 16-foot inflatable that we shared with the county. And now through um, Wintrust Bank and Lake Forest Hospital, they donated a beautiful 28-foot Outrage speedboat. It's got twin 300 horsepower motors on it. We share it with the Parks and Rec Department down there. But it's absolutely incredible as a rescue boat. So we've been deployed a couple times this year already. Nothing really crazy. Sometimes there are well-being checks. People see a boat floating out there we'll get out check it out it's a couple of fishermen that are doing just fine and then sometimes it is a uh, sailboat in distress or we've had crafts sinking out there so a- absolutely right being this close to such a big body of water and i think people underestimate it just because it's a lake but it can be extremely dangerous so yes you are right we get as many water calls probably as we get true structure fires
2: did you mike did you have to uh monitor the uh, regatta
0: that was down there? Was that pretty stressful their weekend? That wasn't. We actually, because we share it with the Parks and Rec, which is great, they're trained on that boat as well. So we brought it down there for them, and then they launched it, and they were using it. I think they wanted it. They had it down there Thursday, Friday, just in the parking lot. But then I believe Saturday, Sunday, they did launch, and they were kind of patrolling the water. Again, if something were to happen, they've already got the boat in the water. So I
2: saw a mobile skiing behind it.
0: <laughs> that day. Uh... Can Joe still ski? I'm not sure. I'm not
2: going to say
0: about that, too. I wanted to say I know uh, our battalion chief had contacted me on the fourth uh, and it sounded like some people might have been a little frustrated. We had the boat down there. Uh, We were trying to keep it as much out of the way as we could. So it wasn't launched, but it was on the trailer in the parking lot and we were trying to keep to the far south end. So I just wanted to apologize if there were residents that were it, it seemed in the way but we just thought on a weekend as crazy as the 4th we wanted to have it down there already even though it wasn't launched right. it would still save us time we could just scoot down there and then hop in the boat do a quick U and back it in as opposed to trying to trailer it's a 3 axle 28 foot i think it's 34 with the tongue of the trailer so it's a big boat to trailer. So we were just trying to save some time, but uh, those, so those,
2: those, those residents, uh, boaters, they get really cranky there. If they're, uh,
0: <laughs> parking we wanna, spots are gone. <laughs> we want to work with everybody. So the last thing we want to do is take up prime spots, but if we could save precious minutes and have the craft yeah. down there already, we want to. Hey,
2: one one so, other, uh, follow up question with the event and all that, how about uh 4th of July? Is that, uh, are you guys involved with the fireworks besides monitoring it? Or are
0: you, it was really monitoring. Uh, we did kind of, uh, we work with community development. Uh, Josh from ComDev does a great job. So he was kind of doing the offloading of the fireworks and the pre-checklist, and then uh, the chief and I zipped over there. Uh, I love being involved with it. We, we try to have a presence with the police. We've got a command tent, first aid tent. We'll do the same thing at Lake Forest Day, uh, And it's just nice to have that, if we need to make any decisions, whether there's some type of threats, uh, maybe it was weather. A couple of years ago, it was weather. So myself and the police commander, we got together. So we needed to just shut things down for a little bit. So at all of these events, we try to have a presence there where I also had a couple of paramedics on an ATV, just kind of tooling around a little bit in case somebody's hurt. That's another concern. Somebody gets hurt in the middle of a crowd of 8,000 people. It might be hard to pinpoint exactly where they're at or to get to them. So We've got a beautiful new ATV. We can get out there, and they've got all—they've got the AED and bags that they can work on the patient. And then ultimately, even if the uh, patients—if they needed to lay down, we could get them on a Stokes basket and bring them in, or we could just seat them in the ATV and drive them right to the ambulance. But the fourth, it was great to have some sense of normalcy back. Great to see everybody having so much fun. And uh, so we did a pre-inspection of the fireworks, and then afterwards, we just have to circle back. Uh, people might have seen fireworks going off 30 minutes after the show. The uh, Melrose was the fireworks company. They cannot leave with unspent fireworks, if you will. So, if they didn't discharge during the show, they have to discharge them after before they can leave. So, hmm.
1: did not know that one. Mike, we got a few hundred people listen to the show. You got the microphone now. What, what can the community do to help you out, make your guys' lives easier?
0: Yeah, probably a big one is uh, on the roadway, just travel. I, I find people seem to be more distracted than ever before. So oh. if, if you can put the phone down, if you hear sirens, use your mirrors and see where it's coming from and, and pull to the right. If you can't get to the right, then just stop. Sometimes it's really difficult. We're trying to get through traffic. We've actually we've got the, uh, the mess out on Deer Path here right in front of us. Mm. If you guys can avoid that, avoid it because it is crazy. And I think it's going to be going on for a better part of a month here. So we've been trying to work. Our deputy chief has been working with the uh, city and with the contractor out there. Because if we need to get an ambulance out of here going west, it's, it's very chaotic. So we're trying to come up with a system. But uh, just people driving. Pull to the rights and let us get by. Um, because that can be the last thing we want to do in Rontula Call is cause more damage. And then just the basic stuff. You know, continue to wear seatbelts if uh, the kids are out biking, or if they're your kids, make sure they're wearing helmets, do all that precautionary stuff. And I tell my firefighters the same thing here. Accidents are going to happen. So do everything you can to prevent them. And then you won't have to second guess. And we do the same thing here. If we're working the roadway, we should all have our high visibility vests on. And you should be looking both ways before you step out in front of a rig, because maybe somebody's coming and and you're not paying attention. So if you do everything right, every time even if something bad happens, at least you should rest assured that I did everything within my power to control it. So I would ask folks to do the same thing uh, when you're on the roadway and little tips at home, smoke detectors. We always say give your smoke detectors a test once a month. Make sure your alarm company knows you're doing it. You can call the alarm company and call it out of service. Change the batteries twice a year. Um, Exit drills in the home, we call that Edith just to have two ways out of every room. We go through and talk to the kids every year in preschool and the grade school. But uh, and I tell them to bring the message home, but we're not always positive it makes its way home. But just little stuff like that. And to have a meeting place if you need to evacuate your home, have one meeting place. So when our commander pulls up, he can figure out exactly who's missing and who needs to be accounted for. So we can um, make an efficient search for that person.
1: It's not just enough that you guys are running into burning buildings, but what else do you do for the community, the boys in red?
0: Yeah, we will do, uh, you know, we do more service calls, I think, than ever before. Whatever we can do to, to help somebody have a better day. We've changed smoke detector batteries for seniors. Uh, we don't want to have them getting up on a chair if they don't need to. So we try to schedule it once a year or twice a year uh, with Crystal Point, where a lot of our seniors tend to be. We'll coordinate with the senior center and put sign up lists or sign up sheets so they know uh, that we do this or we can swing by and uh, help take care of them. We have been called for fawns that fall into window wells. Uh, we've been called for, we got a call for a cat in a tree a couple months ago, and the woman was very sweet. Uh, but if we can, safely help somebody out then we will do it and our chief is very big on that we're here to serve the community Um, so she was very sweet the woman apologized and so i went out there with our our ladder truck and you know what we can use it as training as well Uh, you can never be too proficient at any of this stuff so the boys set out the plates and the outriggers came up and they put the aerial up got up to the cat the guy that was going up chuck we made sure he had full firefighting gear on because we knew that cat with claws was going to want to <laughs> dig into him. So um, he had his gloves on, he had his coat on, he was fully protected, but we got the cat down. So uh, a lot of times we find that if people don't know who to call for their emergency or their situation, they'll call the fire department. But we're always happy to talk to people or even go take a look and see if there's something we can do to help them out.
2: And Mike, speaking of uh, training, I was just fascinated. Um,
0: you guys still uh,
2: train? In the back of the building there fires up the stack there
0: yeah school we don't do as many fires it's a little harder we could do pretend smoke in this day and age um you know you gotta i don't want to say jump through hoops but with the epa you just can't like the old days just start fires and then people are going to be saying oh there's smoke blown into my yard uh so we could use some pretend smoke some theater smoke but other t- places we have been able to do a little bit of live burning which is always good what we've got up in the tower, too, we call it a confidence course. And we'll put guys in there, and it's, you know, two and a half, three feet by two and a half, three feet. It is a maze for firefighters. So we'll put a blacked-out mask on the guy. It's dark already. And then we'll kind of feel a hose line and work our way through there. And there are 90-degree, 180-degree turns. You can drop, just like you would picture in a maze, from on top, we can drop little uh, doors through there. And they've got maybe cutouts, a triangular cutout. So now you've got to kind of uh, change your body profile, maybe take your air pack off, put your air pack through, and then you follow it. Uh, Just trying to train harder than we would ever have to do it in real life. So whatever we experience for real out there, we should have a a pretty good handle. So we do a lot of that confidence core stuff up and down the stairs, things like that. Guys like to uh, work out, function. Uh, So maybe they'll throw some hose and do some functional stuff and they'll, uh, do some flights up and down the stairs, things like that.
1: Speaking of flights, uh, do, do you or any of the boys like to stop over and make sure Joe Neasley's uh, doing okay at uh, <laughs> Chiefs?
0: He, yeah, we do stop over occasionally, and he seems to be doing just great. We love Chiefs. Uh, Joe is great. Uh, during the pandemic, we had several of the local restaurants take take extra good care of us it wasn't even expected but they would get us a meal here and there the lantern uh uh, several places i shouldn't start naming them because i can't name them all but everybody was so kind and people wanted to drop stuff off so the support we received was great but no joe's always excellent it sounds like things are going great over there and uh if uh, we're always looking for an excuse to get over to chiefs
1: well yeah he had to work the fourth so the kitchen was shut down i think
2: one other question, Peter I wanted to ask him is, yeah. uh, Mike, when I was growing up, my dad was a cop there for 13 years. Okay. And in the summer, he used to always, I just remember the police and fire softball picnic. You know, remember community people coming there to watch it and all that. just a fun overall day you now do you guys still do stuff like that
0: yeah, we, we started recently again i don't remember those so that might have been just before me uh but we did start a couple years ago in 16 we had a fire uh police softball game we wanted to win in that one pretty handily in 17 we didn't because we hosted the bmw so we were kind of doing oh. trying to do the ball game around september so all resources were out at town line park and then in 18 we did have another game and uh, i think we snuck through again i think we barely beat them and then we didn't do anything in 19 and 20, of course, was, was COVID. So we'll look to see if we can get something like that going again, but it's always fun. We do. I know I was teasing with the police. Uh, we have a great relationship with those guys. They show up on uh, really all of our calls and anything we need, they are there for us. And we try to do the same thing. If uh, we're out on a car wreck together, we'll try to leave our, our biggest rig our engine out there to block for the police, because um, we just want to make sure everybody's safe. But uh yeah, we'll see if we can get something like that going. But what great memories, school, and that's cool oh, yeah. that your dad was a police officer.
2: Yep, left there, went up to Lake County, was chief of best care up there for
0: thirty years or so. Wow, fantastic! So,
1: so school, you ever announce any softball games?
2: No, no, I was I, that was way back when I was a kid and all that. I'm just saying, you never, know, the boys. I'll do it.
1: We could we could both announce you. <laughs> you know, one side takes blue, the other t- side takes red. Just saying, well, yeah. Hey, just throwing it out there. What is the best show to watch on the fire department? Rescue Me. I, how can you get a better show than Rescue Me and Dennis Leary? I'm just saying.
0: I, I don't think you can. It really was. Uh, I, I know people say, "Oh my gosh, it was so raw, or distasteful." It probably is, <laughs> is the most accurate view of some of the banter and, and some. <laughs> you, you can't have thin skin and be here. And if something right. bothers you, you cannot let anybody know because then they're, they're going to keep coming at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, But people ask me about Chicago fire and I've seen some of it and I'm like, Oh, it just seems so, so overboard. and so silly. And every call is just this yeah. catastrophic level. And yeah. I think the job really is interesting. If you just showed a traditional car accident or maybe the, um, I don't want to say the the silly call, but just the, the regular call or something. Yeah. And then you throw in a structure of fire or something, but Every call is so over the top. Uh, It's just hard to, to stomach, but uh, yes, rescue me. You're absolutely right. Some of that banter and the fire scenes were good too. Like on rescue or on Chicago fire, they'll go into a fire and they've got little, like 20 little spot fires. Usually that's not the way the fire goes. It starts in one place. and gets bigger. You don't have 20 little fires and it's also super clear. And I've been in fires where a little wastebasket was on fire. And the room is just full of smoke. It just produces smoke and there's nowhere for it to go. So when you're watching these TV shows like Chicago Fire and they're going into a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a smoke-filled room, but a room that's on fire and the visibility is perfect, I'm like, no, that's why we go in low. That's why we're yelling or calling out to people because you can't see anything. And that's why we've got truck companies trying to get to the roof. They create a hole. And now, in essence, we have a chimney, and all that smoke can escape, and it makes things more visible for the engine company inside to find and extinguish the fire.
1: Mike, the last guy we had on, uh, Commander Lipkowski, again, he did a bunch of time, and he retired. Uh, <laughs> are you when we get, when this show is over? We're we we gonna get, to get like an announcement.
0: <laughs> well, is that? is that what the show is you get the senior guys on here and then this is like their way out like any closing comments you know um i mean if you're gonna retire just
1: let us know you know let's break it here first don't let me drive by the station and see this big banner in front you know i like that i like
0: that but i want to keep this has been great so i want to keep talking right. to you guys so the last thing i want to do is retire and not, right. not be able to do this again so I will let you guys know. We'll do the breaking news here. How about that? Okay,
2: perfect. The other thing is that, Mike, you need to, on Thursday night, at the concert in Market Square. Yeah. Our friends in blue brought a cornhole, bags and all that. You might want to get a couple of your guys out there for a little challenge.
0: Gotcha. Wiping
2: everybody out the other night.
0: Oh, the police officers were. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, so, I, so they were Just taking they, what
2: they, they took my wife and I on and killed us. So,
0: okay. So they were taking on all challengers out there?
2: Anyone. Yep.
0: Wow. So, might impressive. have to slide a couple saying, guys
2: in red out there.
1: <laughs> Mike's going to say they had plenty of time to practice, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll let a dad out in post. All right. Mike, who should we have in the show next, do you think? Craig tagged you. He retired. Now you're going to retire. Uh,
0: who, 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 yeah, I don't know. Are you looking for somebody else from fire or like another city Ed, department?
2: You uh, can, have you had man, Joe man. on?
0: You, you started the joke with uh, Joe skiing behind. Yeah, the, we got uh, Joe
2: on. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah, going Joe on. Kind of keep right. bouncing from department to department. So
1: Done deal. All right,
2: Joe.
0: <laughs> uh, Scoo, you got anything else for our boy Mike?
2: No. Appreciate everything you do, Mike and your guys. Thank
1: you.
0: Thank you very much. That's very nice.
1: No
2: more
0: deep
1: fried turkeys in Thanksgiving for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We need to be careful that we haven't had too many incidents here, but you do, you see those all the time on TV. So we got to be careful with those.
1: All right. PSA. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about on the upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete. It can be reached at peteatlakeforestpodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes below. On behalf of my co-host, Scoo Walker, we thank you for listening. And if the mood strikes you, you can always buy us a beer on Patreon. Cue the bag.